Hi, this is Anita Westlake, and thank you for choosing The Balanced Life with Diabetes. Today, I'd like to talk about stress. Stress, stress, and more stress. We can all relate to it. Our lives have become so stressful. Work stressful, getting home stressful, getting kids to activities, and making all of our daily obligations has become so stressful. Coming out of years of economic troubles, I think a lot of us are worried about our jobs and we're traveling further and dealing with more traffic when it comes to our jobs. There's added cost to this and yet we're making less money. There's more demands on a daily basis in our jobs with deadlines and obligations. And in some cases, I think that we feel that Um, Stress helps us meet those deadlines and obligations and gets us motivated and pumped. But are we actually coming down from these stressful moments or are they continually going throughout the day? This is called chronic stress. And a lot of us are not even aware that we have it. You know, stress affects so many things, our mind, body, how we're um, communicating with our loved ones, family, friends, co-workers, And our general health, I mean, we know that it increases your blood pressure, it puts us in greater risk of heart disease, just all kinds of things. Stress actually slows down your immune system and your digestive. I mean, it's incredible what stress can do to you. We secrete a hormone when we're stressed that actually contributes to insulin resistance. And if that isn't enough to make you um, be wary of stress, then think about this. Stress may actually be causing you to gain weight. When we're stressed and we produce these stress hormones, let's call them, it promotes our abdominal cells to hold on to fat, which creates belly fat. And, you know, none of us want that. And it does lead to greater risks and heart attacks. So, you know, very negative thing, and we're all dealing with it. So what steps can we take in managing our stress and coming down from stressful times? I mean, we can't eliminate them, but what can we start doing to manage them and come down from these stressful periods? So today to help us with some of this and give us some tips on how to manage our stress is Kathy Grover. Kathy is a um, author of Conquer Your Stress, Mind-Body Techniques, and she has her PhD in Natural Health. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So we're going to talk about stress and managing stress, and one of the questions I have for you is how can people be stressed and not know it? Oh, it's so simple. Uh, it, it's fascinating. Stress is the feeling or the perception that demands are going to exceed our resources. And sometimes we go through our day and we're not even realizing that we're having a stress response. It's very unconscious a lot of the time. Sometimes we know we're stressed. You know, we have those, those symptoms, our shoulders are up around our ears, and, and we feel that nervousness feeling. But so often we're not even aware. And it's so funny, I had gone through a bunch of the symptoms of being stressed. Uh, neck tension, jaw tension, uh, overeating, not sleeping properly, 
Um, so yeah, there's there's all these symptoms of stress, and we're facing with the, facing them every day. Um, but the important thing to remember is stress is not the problem; it's our reaction to that stress. And our reaction we can control. The stress we oftentimes can't. So uh, finding practical, usable, you know, tips that we can uh, that we can utilize in our everyday life to to stop that stress reaction is going to benefit us long term. It's going to be good for our health and well-being, and it's going to decrease that stress response. Which is great. We know some of the signs, which is wonderful. You've just given us some signs of stress. But what is the difference? I'm hearing a lot of buzz about chronic stress. What is the difference between just stress, a stressful day, or a small period of time, and chronic stress? How do they differ? Well, I think they go hand in hand. We've all had stressful experiences where we're rushing to get to a meeting and there's a traffic jam. That's immediate stress. And typically when we get to our destination, we say, I'm so sorry, I was stuck in traffic. Oftentimes that stressful feeling then goes away. The situation's over. But the problem is we're having a, a series of those stressful occasions. So it's not just this one standalone thing. It's a series of those standalone things. And that becomes a chronic situation. So if you're dealing with a stressful job, a stressful family, a chronic illness, or even a series of little things, like I said, that are that keep cropping up, we're going to start to see this chronic stress response. And that almost becomes normal to us. I know we, we're not liking it. We're saying we're stressed, we're stressed. But it can, in my opinion, um, it could become normal. Could it not? Yeah, absolutely. And we all have a different, um, a different stress hardiness. I can handle a lot more stress than most people, and they look at my lifestyle of, you know, writing books and doing the TV and the radio and podcasts, and, and plus having a full-time practice, plus I do trapeze and hip-hop, and, you know, people look at that schedule and they go, oh my God, how are you not stressed? Well, to a certain point, I thrive on that excitement. I thrive on that, what's the next thing, what's the next thing, what's the next thing? Other people don't, and I've been like that my entire life. So we have to look at our own level of stress hardiness and our adaptability situation uh, to know if that's going to affect us or not. Most people couldn't live the life I do just because they don't want to. It, it, it doesn't excite them the way it does for me. So it's a very individual thing, you know, what we deem to be stressful and what we don't. Something that I think is stressful, someone else might not, and vice versa. Well, thank you for saying that. Because when I hear people say, oh, de-stress, de-stress, I almost feel like, boring. I like to be active too. And I have lots that I like to do in a day, but I like to do it. It's when I have negative interferences or I stumble and I don't have the success I may want to have in accomplishing something that I feel stressed. So I'm sure uh, that we're not alone in feeling this way. So it's not always that our day is full but the impact of some things that can, or the, the things that can impact, let's say, in your day that can cause stress. Absolutely. And it's also perception. You know, stress is oftentimes not a real threat. Animal threat, you know, animal stress was really simple. It was just that fight or flight response. You're either hunting or you're hunted um, or you're pregnant or you're in pain. I mean, that's kind of the only thing that stress is animal about is that, that urge to survive. And for us, we have all these other things that are not only occurring externally, but also we're creating stress in our own minds. Every time we dwell on something in the past, every time we worry about something in the future, our minds can't tell the difference between what we're thinking about and imagining what's really happening. So us dwelling on those negative things and reliving that again and again and again, we're actually recreating that stress response every single time. And that's really detrimental to us. And that's something, again, that's in our control. We just have to learn how to control it. Okay. And, I, you know, I hear you, but 
obviously people are dealing with stress in many different ways. And one of the things that I hear is I have to be busy. So you're stressed out about something and you're trying to push it away from you. So you make yourself really busy in another way and thinking, okay, I'm not going to focus on what I'm stressed about. So it could be um, a meeting coming up. I'm not really going to think about the meeting anymore because I'm so stressed out. I'm going to go and, you know, clean out my garage, reorganize it. And is that really dealing with stress? It's still there, is it not? It's still in the background. Maybe it is a useful tool. You know, distraction is actually one of the best things we can do for stress. This is why exercise is so great, and especially with things that where you really have to be concentrating, so like playing tennis, playing football, doing something like a trapeze or dance, where you really have to be present with your full mind. Because I have to say, when I'm dancing, I can't think of anything else. Um, so for that hour and a half of class, anything that was bothering me can't because I can't think about it. I'm too focused on the task that I'm doing. And sometimes I find that if I get stressed out or start to get upset, I'll start to clean, because it's another way to control. Also, I can't control what that outcome of the meeting is going to be. So why stress about it? I can't change anything. Instead, I'm going to control my environment, and I'm going to clean. I wouldn't recommend, I mean, cleaning is great, but I wouldn't recommend, you know, distraction every single time, because at some point you do have to deal with the situation at hand. But to rather than focus on something that's far into the future that we can't control, you know, why are you going to worry about a meeting you have on Monday if it's only Thursday? You're going to put yourself through hell for four days worrying about something that you can't control. Prepare, you know, do what you need to do to get ready for it, and then say, okay, I have to let it go. And if that becomes, you know, distracting yourself with something or doing affirmations or visualizing, whatever it is, but we have to try as much as we can to stay in the present moment, and that's what mindfulness is. If you're mindfully cleaning, if you're mindfully dancing, if you're, you know, mindfully playing with your dog, you know, whatever it is, that stuff pulls us back into the present moment and keeps that stress from from affecting us as much. Right, but then again, as you just mentioned, you do have to deal with things eventually. And I understand stressing for something that's coming out uh, in the future that you have, you know, you can't predict. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen. That's great. We've prepared ourselves and that's all we can do. Now, in a situation when you have a, um, a condition, and I'm going to use diabetes, that's what the show's about. And so now you're stressing about taking your medication, testing, Eating, you're stressing about the management of your health. And that's not something that you can say or you shouldn't say, gee, you know what? I have to test. I don't want to think about testing, though, because I don't like to prick my finger. And I'm also stressed about the reading that I may see. And so I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go clean the garage. I'm going to clean the house. I'm going to go to a dance class because here's a double whammy. I'm not going to have to test. And I'm exercising, doing something great for my body. But it's still not a wise choice in that case. So well, those see, stressors. That, well, but see, in that situation, you're not talking about a stressor. You're talking about a task you have to do. So that's different. You're, you know, to, to not stress about the meeting in four days by uh, distraction is something different than I need to test my finger for my own health and I'm not going to. I'm going to do something else. That's, that's procrastination. That, that's, not, that's not unstressing. That's taking the responsibility away, a completely different right. thing. No, you no. definitely don't want to ignore that stuff, but that's not stress. That's something you have to do. Now, if you're stressing about doing it, right. that's something that's a different way to control. That you can deal with breathing or meditation or, uh, but no, we have to do the things to take care of our health. That's like, 
I've had clients who find a lump and they don't want to go get an MRI because they're so afraid they have cancer. Okay, you can't stick your head in the ground. That's not not dealing with stress. That's not dealing with a, a real life situation. So that's a completely different thing. Yeah, you don't want to distract yourself from that that kind of stuff. So there's a great example. So in doing some breathing techniques, um, you know, what would be how can we start managing our stress and what would be the first step in a situation where we're, we're avoiding doing something stressful or yeah. that may create stress for us? Sure. And, and, you know, dealing, you know, my father's type 2 diabetes, uh, has type 2 diabetes for, for years now. He's, in, you know, injecting insulin and I know that's a, a completely different path than type 1. And I know you've been dealing with it for such a long time and I just, you, you I admire your strength and your tenacity in making sure you stay as healthy as you can. And I'm Thank sure you've you. had moments where you've not wanted to. <laughs> I'm sure you're like, I'm tired of dealing with this. Um, just watching what my dad's been through for not nearly as long as so many other people have. And there are times where he's stressed about it and he's upset about it and he doesn't want to deal with it because it's become a life uh, it's, been, it's become a lifestyle now for him um, one of my favorite stress te- stress busting techniques is called a mini meditation and you know there's a lot of people that do sit on a pillow and do formal meditation uh, I'm not good at it uh, I'm, I'm way too active like I you know sitting still is not my strong suit um, but a mini is great because you simply concentrate on your breath the rise and fall of your chest and on the inhales you think I am and on the exhales you think at peace and you repeat that over and over again. Inhale, I am. Exhale, at peace. It stops that stress response, and it brings you back to the present moment. So I do that before I speak, before I write, before I, um, oftentimes before I do a dance class, before I see a client, because it puts us back in the present moment. It puts us in a frame of mind where we're ready to face the task at hand. Uh, it's my favorite thing, and you can do it anywhere. You can do it in traffic, in line at the post office, you know. You don't have to close your eyes if you can't. You know, if you're in the car, you don't want to close your eyes. No, you don't um, want to do that. <laughs> that that causes a whole other stress. <laughs> Sorry, officer, I was meditating. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, can't explain that one away. Um, you know, so it's it's one of those great techniques. It's so easy to do. I love teaching kids how to do that because it's a really great thing to do, and it actually helps balance all the systems in our body, including the immune system and uh, blood pressure, heart rate, respiratory rate. It increases brain function. It helps our digestion. So anything we can do like that, stopping for a moment, I am at peace. Sometimes I say, I am pure health. I am pure joy. I am pure love. I am at peace. And I do that with the inhale and the exhale. Fabulous way to to calm yourself down. Well, I have to tell you, I have difficulty meditating also. and, And I really tried. I don't like the way I'm sitting or they promote me to sit when I've gone to some meditation classes mm-hmm. and I really find it all overwhelming and the fact that I have difficulty with it stressed me. Yeah. And so this little tip is wonderful because it's easy, it's a start and something that we could all do to kind of, as you said, get our breath under control, take a moment and start the process of getting rid of some of the stress and being mindful I think is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I agree. You know, I, have, I have also found meditation very stressful because I'm not good at it. It doesn't feel good to me. But what's interesting is after I started doing these mini meditations for so long, I went to a meditation course at Harvard where we were actually, you know, sitting on the pillow and, you know, holding those fingers in a certain position and the tongue was up and the eyes were rolled up and we'd float away into a million bubbles. You know, and I was actually able to do that. Um, wow. I know it was great. The mini meditation actually was basically like a gateway drug for me. 
And I think had I not done those for well over a year, I don't know that I would have been, I know I wouldn't have been as good at that type of formal meditation. Now, I still don't take advantage of that very often. It, I don't have time. Um, you know, I would rather be in a dance class. Right. Um, or flying on the trapeze. Um, but if I want to, I've got a pill, you know, a meditation pillow in my office. If I've got 10 or 15 minutes between a client and I feel like I really need to go away for a second, I'll plop on that pillow and do a meditation. It's probably not perfect. I might not be doing it right. Um, but I've adapted it to what works for me and what works for my body and my mind. And Ooh, I like that. Of, you know, that's one of the things I like is we have to be adaptable to what works, to what works for us. And, um, you know, my husband was offered this spa treatment at this big spa here. We're in Santa Barbara. And he was looking at the choices he had. And they had an 80-minute facial. And I went, oh, that sounds great. Sounds heavenly. (laughs) Who would want to lay around for 80 minutes? I mean, that seems so unrelaxing to him. So you have to honor what works for you. Right. You know, do the the best for what's going to fit your personality, your job, your body. Uh, you know, not everyone's going to fly on the trapeze with me. <laughs> well, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I love that because I have to tell you, I felt like such a failure when I couldn't meditate. Like when I really had such difficulty and I was stressing about it and I, it almost made me want to just walk away, not try it again. I just mm-hmm. felt like such a failure and so frustrated. And it, I'm thinking I'm supposed to do this to help manage stress and it's making me stressful. And I don't right. like the way I'm sitting and um, I don't, I had actually, actually I had some difficulty in accomplishing that. And so I thought, well, if I can't sit a certain way and hold my fingers in a certain way, does that mean I can't get rid of stress? I can't get rid of stress in this way, which didn't make sense to me. So I love the idea that you're saying, really, it has to work for you. And it doesn't have to be so strict. Sit on the pillow, hold your hands a certain way. Start with the mini meditation, which seems like a wonderful choice, especially for those that are having difficulty or don't have time. Yeah, They're creating that time and trying to incorporate it in their daily activity. Well, and that's what's so great about the minis is you can do it anywhere. I mean, you could do it while you're in the shower. You know, you can do it while you're driving. You can do it, you know, it's, you, you want to pay attention to what's happening around you, um, you know, certainly, but it brings you back into that present moment of the I am at peace. Um, and the other thing that I really promote for people is mindfulness. And, you know, 2014 was deemed the year of mindfulness. And I think so many people go, oh, that's great, but they don't really know what that is. Mindfulness is simply going about an activity with focus, curiosity, and presence. Um, you can do the dishes mindfully. You can brush your teeth mindfully. You want to bring in all of the senses. And this is another great meditation because we have to do the dishes anyway. So put your true focus there. You know, feel the water on your hands. Feel what the soap feels like. Feel if there's, feel that plate. Is there a little bit of roughness still on there? Oh, maybe I didn't get all that egg off. Look at the colors that are formed in the little bubbles from the soap and then one floats away and it pops that little spray of water for just a second and you can smell the lemony soap. And the next thing you know, you've got a kitchen full of clean dishes and you've basically meditated. Wow. Okay. it's so great because so often we do these tasks mindlessly. You know, we've all ended up in our destination and gone, I don't remember driving here. We were someplace else. Um, do we remember brushing our teeth? We know right. we did it, but we don't remember it. When was the last time we made love or kissed someone mindfully? You know, so often we're, we're drifted someplace else. And if you can incorporate all your senses into your task and really be present with that, 
that's a mindfulness exercise. That's a meditation, and that calms us down. And you have a kitchen full of clean dishes. That's pretty good too. Well, wonderful, right now. There, that promotes a whole other question about an issue that's you know quite a problem for so many of us. You eat mindlessly, yeah. which you know overeating, and of course, then you know um, that leads to a whole uh, a lot of um, health issues. Um, and then you stress about the fact that you've eaten too much, which releases more hormones. And then, you know, the abdominal area, of course, those cells are promoted to conserve fat. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Right. So what are some tips that we can um, kind of start or what is a good tip to start to eat without yeah, I, being mindless about it? Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the best things you can do is take just a minute before the meal and do a mini, because it immediately calms you. So, And when you're eating in a stressed state, and, you know, we've all sat at our desks and scarfed food down because we have a deadline or we've grabbed something in the car because we're trying to get someplace on time, we've all had that experience. Um, the majority of the time, and I go with the 80-20 mindset, um, 80% of the time do the best you can. 20% of the time give yourself a break. Now, if you're diabetic, you don't want to overload on sugar, you don't want to overload on alcohol, you know, there's, there's specific choices you have to make. But going into the meal as mindful as possible, and maybe once or twice a week you actually have a mindful meal where you take an hour, half hour, 15 minutes to do one specific portion of the meal, and you eat in silence, and you look at your food, you smell your food, you put it in your mouth, what does it feel like, really taste it, chew it 60 times as we're supposed to do anyway, um, you know, actually be present for what you're doing. And it again comes down to that presence of actually being there in that moment. And you're going to find that you're not going to eat as fast, clearly you're not going to eat as fast, you're not going to eat as much. And it really just comes down to the key to health is making a choice. And um, I love the TV show Shark Tank. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> I love seeing how business works. I love the comments they get. To me, it's an, it's an, edu- it's an hour of education. Right. And there was a gentleman that had a product on it was this kitchen thing it was like basically a cookie jar with a lock on it okay and you would put your food in there and you would set it and a certain number of hours later click it would open you could have another cookie ah. no one's no one's and i think one woman actually made him a deal but i said okay but then don't buy the cookies right take because it a step now, back right because now you're having to make three choices you bought the cookies you have to choose to put the cookies in the safe. And then when the safe finally opens, you have to choose to not eat the entire bag because now the safe's open. Just don't buy the cookies. And my husband and I had this whole conversation about choice and what you are doing. If you can't have just one cookie, it's probably best to just not buy the cookies. You know. And I have so many clients say, oh, well, you know, nighttime is my snacking problem, and I'll sit down with a bowl of ice cream, and I just can't stop myself. And I said, don't buy the ice cream. <laughs> right. so like you have to be responsible for those choices at some point um, you know just like you know I've seen so many people that I'm not a fast food person there's a, a, a restaurant chain here in California called Tommy's really good hamburgers covered in chili I have one every once in a while but I have one single hamburger and I was in this, the restaurant picking up my burger to go and there was a family and they were so obese it really made me sad. It was three generations. Each was bigger than the other. They were gigantic. And rather than getting a hamburger, every single one got the double hamburger with the extra chili, with the fries, with chili on the fries, and these giant sodas. 
And I understand wanting the taste of the burger. I understand maybe having a treat of the burger. You didn't need a double. You didn't need the french fries. You didn't need the soda. And it never occurred to them, clearly, to make a different choice. Or it occurred to them, but they didn't act on it. And it, I, I just, why don't all three of you split the french fries? I mean, there's so many options of, you know, I really want the taste of that. But you don't have to kill off, you know, 2,000 calories in one meal to give yourself a treat. And Again, it really comes down to personal responsibility and those choices. Right. But I think, um, you know, as you say, being mindful, this is maybe a reward. This is something that fills them. And maybe they're dealing with stress. So they've really got to refocus and look, is the reward or is the treat really have to be this choice, this food or this type of food, rather than maybe the reward is not making that choice. And again, you know, it is about peeling it back and starting at the root. Well, when I grocery shop, maybe I will stay away or not. Maybe I should stay away from certain things because, you know, I know it triggers me. I can't just have it there for what? So that one person's going to eat it, not the other. It's the whole family making, uh, you know, healthy choices and embracing that. So there's all kinds of things that we can, you know, put into place to help us manage our eating. But a lot of people, let's say, maybe overall, they're pretty good. But there's always that stressful time where, oh, forget it. This is what I want. I'm craving that or I'm stressed out. Give me food now. And even Uh the microwave can take too long at that point, right? We want it instantly. What are you talking about? 15 seconds. I want it now. And so I think a lot of us, as you say, get into that um, mind zone, but we have to be responsible and, uh, you know, being mindful. And it's interesting that you say you can brush your teeth and be mindful. Oh, well, I was just saying, going back to what you just said about the, the choices and the, the, you know, the grocery shopping and maybe one person in the house wants the ice cream and the other one doesn't, also a lot of that comes down to conditioning and how we were raised and what our mindset is about food. And there are people that are of the clean plate club. You finish it, period. You don't waste it. You paid for it. You eat every bite of it. And I've seen that in my own family where, you know, we'll sit down to a meal and my father will say, oh, you know, I'm not really very hungry, but yet he will kill off everything on his plate. And you have to look at, you know, it can sometimes be as simple as calories in, calories out. And if you're not exercising, leave those extra five bites of food. Um, Leave that extra little bit of wine in the glass. Or if you don't really like it, don't eat it. Um, Because it's putting calories in that we've got to find a way to burn off. Or it becomes fat. Um, And I think that's one of the issues in this country is we're given so much food and people feel this this conditioned obligation to eat it. Uh, We have to be able to say no and push the plate away. And that comes with slowing down, with, again, having the mindfulness and also changing that conditioning, really changing, um, changing your mind on what you perceive to be right and wrong as far as food goes. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I've seen well, that so much too where someone will just continue to eat meat, 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 even if they're clearly not hungry anymore because it's there. Right. And, you know, I have a lot of clients that say that their biggest challenge is the buffet. So they go somewhere, it's all you can eat. And they their mindset is, I have paid X amount of dollars. I'm going to eat until I dropped. And really what they should be, you know, embracing is I'm paying for choice. 
not to eat everything on the buffet table, but I can have a small portion of this or that. I'm not committed to a meal, meaning I'm going to have fish and salad. I could have a little fish, maybe two types of salad, but you're not necessarily or don't have the idea when you go to a buffet, your money's worth, meaning I am just going to go up eight times and fill my plate. What is that doing for you? You have paid to actually hurt your health. That's what you've done. And so, you know, it, like you said, it's a shift. Um, and all these things after we've done them and when we, you know, go to the doctor or have a look in the mirror or, you know, and I'm just talking about food at the moment right now and health, we get stressed, which now we're on a a roller coaster. We get stressed. Maybe we're going to stress eat. Um, we're going to, you know, uh, get ourselves our knickers. Let's put it that way. Our knickers in a knot. And it causes a whole other slew of problems in our health. And so what are some things that we could do to identify trigger points of stress? Mm -hmm. I love, I love keeping journals. Um, I love keeping, having people keep a food diary and an activity diary and really noting what stresses you out because sometimes we don't know what the trigger is. And I've even had occasions where I suddenly just have this sort of almost wave of anxiety, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm just sitting here. What caused that? And I can actually back up through my thoughts <laughs> and see, okay, what was I thinking about that caught, oh, that's what I was thinking about. I was worried about that tax p- paper that I have to do or, you know, whatever it is. You have to be aware. You have to be conscious of those things. And one of the things that I don't like about this fast-paced information at our fingertips at all times world is there's no time to be introspective anymore. We don't have to stand in line and just wait. We can stand in line and look at pictures and see what cute cats are on Facebook and what Uncle Joe is doing and, oh, there's an email and, oh, Facebook and Twitter. and you know, We don't have to stop. You could be in a meeting and, and be in line at Costco. Well, absolutely. <laughs> it's absolutely. unbelievable. I, I think we really do have to take pause. And whether that's 10 minutes in the shower or while you're shaving, or while you're driving, if you have the ability to be introspective and still pay attention to the road and where you're going. That's where I do like more formal meditation, and then it gives you a chance to stop, if you are good at it, and really think about what's going on. And just like you're not going to wake up tomorrow and say, I'm going to do a marathon this weekend, if you're not a runner, it takes planning, it takes charting out, it takes little goals. I'm going to run a mile first, then I'm going to do five miles, then I'm going to do ten, I'm going to go over the running group. You know, we have to chart these things out. You don't start a business by going, I'm going to get business cards. You actually plan it out. We have to do that with our lives. We have to, on some level, run our lives like a business. We have to have goals. We have to have a breakdown of how we're going to achieve those goals. Who can help us achieve those goals? Um, and so I think really taking a moment to look at your own self couple minutes every day is vastly important in seeing what is stressing us, what is serving us, getting rid of things that aren't serving us, and surrounding ourselves with people that are going to be supportive of that goal and help us achieve those things. And that's so very important. Um, you know, and when you say planning, there you go with your grocery shopping. So here's my plan. Um, this I want to change the way I'm eating. So you gather some recipes that maybe you would like to try and you get a food list together and you go out and there's a start. And even down to being realistic about your time. So, um, you know, if you're going to buy kale, I'm a busy person. And if I think, you know, realistically, Anita, are you really going to have time to wash all these greens? 
I'll buy them pre-washed because I know I'm going to eat them then. They're not going to sit in the fridge. I'm going to get frustrated and stressed out that, oh, all that stuff's going bad that I bought because I planned. Now it's going south. Oh, no. And there's so many of us that do that. We have these um, expectations that we're going to do it now, this second, instead of taking some baby steps. Okay, what works for us now? Maybe you will start, um, as you said, running the marathon in maybe three or four months or longer, but you have to have a starting point. And so a good starting point you're saying in managing our stress would be these mini meditations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so often, you know, so much of our stress is manufactured in our own minds. Not saying that there aren't stressful things external from us, but so much of it is us, as I said before, dwelling on things from the past, worrying about things in the future. We are so kind of verbally abusive to ourselves. I hear people all the time be so berating and so negative in their words to themselves and about themselves. And I really encourage people to stop talking to yourself that way because I'm hoping that if someone else was talking to you that way, you'd get them out of your life. <laughs> so we oh, have to true. I love choices. that. You know, I'm such a loser. I'm so sad. I can't do this. I'm stupid. I, I'll never work. And, you know, why? Why are you saying that to yourself? Um, it's estimated we have about 60,000 thoughts a day and that 50,000 of those are negative. That's wow. crazy. That's an incredible amount of negative thoughts. And to simply say That's stop abusive. thinking things. It's abusive it to really yourself. Is. You know, we're very abusive to ourselves. I see it every day. Um, rather than trying to stop thinking, because that's hard, um, replacing those thoughts is great. And one of the, one of the other really um, easy techniques that I like are affirmations. So rather than saying, I'm never going to lose this weight, I'm such a fat slob, or you know, whatever the repetitive words are, say, I am healthy and well. My body is a healthy, strong weight. My blood sugar is managed and under control. I am calm and relaxed in my eating. I go on and on and on. You pin them up around the house, get T-shirts, put stickers on the windows, you know, whatever you need to do to surround yourself with those positive thoughts. Because not only can we change our physiology, at the very least, it's actually stopping the stress response which breaks that cycle. So we have such an advantage and such a power in our words if we choose to use them differently. Well, I, I really... Um... I really like that you said that because stress really has a negative effect on blood sugars because of hormone yep. releases and they actually, certain hormones that we release when we're stressed contribute to insulin resistance, right? So it's, if you're stressing about your health condition, you're really not helping yourself whatsoever. And you're right in the negative thoughts. When I hear clients all the time say to me, I'm a bad diabetic, I'm bad, oh, I'm bad, or my partner's bad, or my child's bad when it comes to their health. And if you keep saying it, you're going to believe it, which causes stress. And whether you say it to yourself, which they do, even if other people say it, we all, oh, I'm a bad diabetic. Well, wait a minute here. And, you know, let's get this turned around. Let's be positive. Okay, you're here. Let's start with that. All right, you're here and you're breathing. <laughs> you're alive, yeah. right? And honestly, and I and I say that and I laugh, but that has carried me through my management. And you know, so many people have said to me, and it's and I'm very flattered, but it's been work when they say, Anita, you've got a very calm approach. And a lot of people don't even know I have diabetes that I've known for quite some time. They have to be reminded. I shouldn't say they don't know. I've told them. But it's not something that they say, Anita the diabetic. Or they relate diabetes unless we've worked together, we've had long discussions. Do they ever relate it back to me? 
but to be honest with you, I don't either. I have diabetes, but it doesn't define me. And that's how I de-stress and calm down about it. My name is Anita Westlake. My name is not diabetes. And so um, anything you can do to kind of, you know, relax about it, and then you can relax and open up your mind to make better stress-free choices or choices and then not get stressed around those choices. So, you know, whether it's having several, um, I have several testing kits and I keep, you know, one at the gym and usually if it's not cold because I'm in Canada Uh and I'm in Toronto area, I won't keep it in the car at extreme weathers, but I keep one in the car, you know, seasonally and I've always got one in the house and that makes it less stressful there it is. I know it's here. You know, I have more than one pen to inject my insulin. I inject it. I'm not on the pump. And I have color coded for a nighttime injection, daytime pre-meals, anything that makes your life simple. And when it's simple and it's there, you'll do it and you won't be as stressed about it. Yeah. That's so great. You know, it's planning, as you said. That's so fabulous. You know, and it's, again, you're right. It's It's a life choice at home, even around meals. And I have to tell you a very funny story. I don't, you know, I know your father's a diabetic, and I'm not sure at what, how long he's actually had, or what point in your life he developed diabetes. But my children have been brought up, um, you know, with their mother being a diabetic. And there was just the three of us. I'm a single mom. And I've never... Just for my own health purpose, I would never put sugar on the table or salt and pepper. And when salt and pepper was on the table, it would be a big meal with company. And usually it was a nicer, you know, shakers. They they were nicer shakers. So you couldn't see. They weren't glass necessarily. They might be silver or something. So my children didn't have that at the table on a regular basis. And I had a girlfriend over for dinner. And it was my girlfriend, my two children, and myself. We sat down, and she said, oh, Anita, um, there's no salt. Uh, Oh, and there's no sugar on the table. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I had to dig for them and get them out, and they were glass, so you could see through them. Now, this was several years ago, and my children were a little bit younger. And I put them on the table, and they looked, and they said, Mommy, what is that? What are they for? And she looked at me and said, you're joking. (laughs) Like I was an alien. But it was a choice, right? That I didn't use a lot of salt just because I didn't. And of course, I wasn't going to add sugar. So why would I say to myself, I can't, but go ahead. Everybody says you should add sugar to this. So go ahead and add that sugar, guys. No, that was not in the books for my health plan for my family. And we can do that, and you can condition that. So they carry that way through. And now yeah. it's just part of their lives, not having these things around. And those changes can happen at any time. Yeah. We have the ability with every exhale to make a different choice and to change our perception. And um, kind of similarly, I, I grew up in a house actually where um, – I didn't have a lot of sugar. In fact, I'm a big iced tea drinker. I don't like the taste of sugar. Uh, and I'm very opposed to artificial sweetener, so I use stevia. I've got stevia in the car, stevia in my office, stevia in my purse, stevia in the kitchen, kind of like you with your testing kit. <laughs> because it's there. I know, I know where it is. I'm, I don't have to stress about where my stevia is. Um, I was asked to go speak at um, this uh, 
kind of health resort up in Ojai, California, which is about eh, 45 minutes or an hour away from here in Santa Barbara. And it's a little mountain community and lots of artists and health and spas and all sorts of stuff. And it's this health spa where they limit the amount of calories. There's no salt. There's no added salt, sugar, you know, any of these things. And I'm not, I eat really healthy, but I salt things occasionally. I'll maybe put, you know, brown sugar on oatmeal or things like that. And I showed up, and I'm, I'm very athletic. I'm very slender, very lucky in that way. And the woman said, okay, well, you know, our meals, da 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 our dinner is limited to um, 700 calories. And I looked at her, and I said, that's breakfast, like, times three. I say, I, I need more than 700 calories. She kind of looks up and down. She goes, well, we can give you the athletic portion. I'm like, okay, thank you. So they gave me all this extra food. And you could see that the women around me who were there for a week specifically to lose weight, kind of looking over at me like, oh, look, the skinny girl has two pieces of chicken and we only have one. But it was really weird because there's no salt on the table and there was no salt used in the cooking. And I'm used to it. I mean, my husband's a great cook. He cooks with at least a little bit of salt. And so I put the food in my mouth. And my first thought was, where's the salt? Well, there is no salt. There is no salt on this property at all. Wow. And I really had to change my perception and be creative with what I was going to do. And the next morning at breakfast, I grab a hard-boiled egg. Well, what do I want to put on it? Salt. Nope. And I literally kind of stood there with this bare hard-boiled egg going, you know, what, what do I do with this? They had all these different herbs. I went, huh, okay. I put Italian seasoning on the egg. That was pretty darn good. I could adapt to that way of living. I grab the oatmeal. I go to find brown sugar. Of course, there's no brown sugar. And I think, crap, I can't eat bare oatmeal. What am I going to put on this? They had agave nectar. Fabulous on the oatmeal. Oh, so, beautiful. You know, I, even went in, I even went into it going, I can't eat this stuff. But, and I'm sure so many people do. But you know what? I adapted. We are an incredibly adaptive species. Now, I'm very lucky. I don't have health problems. I can throw sugar on something if I want to. I can put salt on my egg if I want to. But I don't have to. And I encourage everybody to explore those things, to see what different options are out there. You don't have to be stuck in the same little box that you've always been in. We have the ability to adapt and make different choices. Now, it takes effort. And I know we don't always want to do the work, but I encourage you to because it really is a matter of life and death. And if not life and death, then at least the quality of your life and how you're going to live what time we do have here left on this planet. And, you know, the better choices we can make, the better life we're going to have while we're here. Well, there again, you can have um, food and have it enjoyable and have it healthy. Again, it's about, you know, being adaptable, making the change, having making the effort and, you know, not stressing out, keeping yourself healthy with lack of stress or at least dealing with it and not having it linger and creating chronic stress in your life. I mean, that's, that is as important as your diet and your exercise. Absolutely. You know, stress is such a, has such a negative impact on our bodies and our minds. And I think sometimes we hold on to it just because it fills us. Oh, yeah. Like food, a- like, you know, overeating, it fills us. Like, oh, without stress, well, I have to be stressed because I'm not on I won't right. produce. I, I I won't be uh, make my target if I'm not stressed out about it and and you know just spinning like a top. I am not looking busy or productive. And you know it's it's really not the way you have to be. You know you can do things that um, help with the stress level and still be productive and on target and be healthy. Yeah, absolutely. 
And there's also a huge secondary gain in our society for being stressed and being upset and being sick and being... And I've had so many clients who very unconsciously, I would never say they're doing this on purpose, but they love when their back goes out. They love when they're stressed. They love when there's something wrong because who gets all the attention? You know, if we're standing around at a party and someone says, oh, hey, how are you? I'm doing good. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. Who suddenly gets all the attention? The person that's got the issue. Now, not to say we don't have issues and we shouldn't talk about our issues, but when you're wearing it like a name badge, <laughs> when you're so proud of the fact that there's something wrong, because then you can talk, you get all the attention, you can call your girlfriends and complain, and, you know, um, you have to be really careful of that. Carolyn Mace, who I'm a huge fan of, she's a big natural health practitioner, and uh, she says that our, bio- our biography becomes our biology. And those stories that we continue to tell over and over again, oh, my husband, blah, 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 you should leave him. Oh, I left him 20 years ago. No, you didn't. <laughs> You're still carrying him around. Or whatever it is. You know, the more we talk about these negative things and we get rewards from these negative things, the worse that is for us. And that's going to start being exhibited in our bodies and in our, you know, our mentality and our emotions. And, uh, you know, we have to try to have the healthiest thoughts we can and the healthiest words. And, again, like you said, that's very overlooked. We talk about the body, but we never talk about the mind and the spirit and strengthening those and having that type of health as well. Um, so looking around and seeing if you're getting attention for what's wrong um, might be keeping you stuck in a place that, you know, you don't necessarily want to be. And, you know, that was a great example when you said, uh, oh, my husband this, my husband that, and, you know, they haven't been together in 20 years. People will complicate things. Oh, my relationship's complicated. Oh, work's complicated. You know, all these complications, oh, it's really complicated when I'm dealing with my health. But, yeah, it will stay complicated because you've made it complicated. You choose to keep it complicated. And saying there is nothing you can do about it, there is always something you can do and take steps towards unraveling this complication because you're just adding a whole lot of stress into your life and you're not moving forward and you're not going to be a happy well balanced person i completely agree and it comes down to choice and perception and, and reconditioning well it's uh it's funny because of course with diabetes you have to balance you know food exercise everything has to be um balanced because we have to eat we can't give up uh, food like cigarettes we have to eat all right hopefully we're moving to be healthy healthy individuals you know even if we're not moving the fact that you're taking medication more often than not and eating and having to balance that look at it's all it all can be complicated but we can definitely make it manageable less complicated look at it with different eyes and reduce our stress level and really is it that complicated anymore right you know, I, I that's the way I look at it. I, sure, I have my ups, my downs with, with diabetes, um, but I keep my downs and my perception of them to a minimum because it just stresses me out. And I find the least, if I have less stress, my uh, sugars are much better. My eating is much better. I'm I'm exercising more because I'm not stressed. Um, although we can go to the gym to get rid of stress, sometimes just getting there can be stressful. So I try to, you know, 
keep all of that out of it in any way I can and just go because I want to go. Sure, yeah, they actually just did a study where they, we know exercise is good for us mentally, it decreases stress, but what they found was in rats that exercise willingly, their stress levels and their stress hormones are really, really low. In rats that they forced to exercise when they didn't feel like it, didn't affect the stress hormones at all. In fact, it made them kind of worse. So going about these activities with joy and with control and with willingness and, you know, there are times I don't necessarily really want to go, but two minutes into it, I'm so happy I'm there and I love it. I don't dread the exercise that I do. Finding something that you like that's customizable for you. It doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be the treadmill. It doesn't have to be, you know, pick something that works for you because you're going to be more apt to do it and it's going to bring you more joy and then in turn give you more health benefits from that. So this is, again, where I think the customizing thing is so useful. And, and what works back- for you, definitely. I, I, that exactly. is fascinating that you said that because I really like to swim. I love to swim. I'm in the water a lot and mm-hmm. and at the gym, but I enjoy it. And so when I said I didn't want stress around it, I know that that does have an effect on my sugars when I work out the stress level. And I've done that through writing things down, you know, keeping some records, but I didn't know they actually did a study on that. Yeah, it was just recently I read it, maybe probably in the last two months. That's fascinating and so important to know that, hey, if you're going to stress out about it, you're not doing yourself any good here. Right. Now, again, not to say, oh, well, I'm stressed about it, so I'm not going to do anything and just sit around and eat. That's not a good answer either. So you have to find that, you have to find that balance point. That's something that you love to do um, because we're all different. And I've, had, I've heard so many people say, and this is starting, these words are starting to drive me crazy, oh, I guess I should be doing yoga, to which I say, why? why? <laughs> we both said it together. Oh, why? Well, <laughs> my aunt said, my teacher, my husband, I don't care what they said. What do you want to do? Um, do you like yoga? Does yoga work for your body? I don't like yoga. <laughs> Never want to assume it's because I'm a natural, you know, natural health professional that I'm sitting around owning all day and that I like the music <laughs> I play during my massage, that I don't swear and I don't drink. I'm a vegetarian and I yeah. do yoga all day. And people are Wrong afraid to eat in front things. of you. <laughs> Wrong on all those things. I'm in hip hop. You know what that music sounds like. I'm a meat eater. I drink wine. I, you know, I don't like yoga. I don't meditate in the way that a lot of people think I would probably be meditating. Um, so, you know, if yoga doesn't work for you, don't do it. Uh, you should be moving your body. That we should be doing. What it looks like for you could be completely different than what it looks like for me. So, you know, again, it comes down to customization. And just I wanted to dovetail on one thing you said before about the eating and about um, life and making different choices, because we've not touched on this, is having a support system. And I don't mean necessarily a support group that you go out and meet with. Those are incredibly beneficial. But people in your life, people in your house, people around you who are going to be supportive of what your goals are and what your health depends on. So if your husband really, really wants a house filled with ice cream and you just can't control yourself, you really need to sit him down and say, look, hon, I know you like your ice cream, but I just can't have it in the house. It's really bad for me. It's too much of a temptation. Maybe once a week you could go out and just get a little bit of ice cream for yourself and not have it in the house all the time. Try to strike a balance with the people around you because, honestly, if they're not being supportive of your health, 
then you have to evaluate the whole relationship, which is a whole other whole podcast. And um, a whole lot know, of stress. Again, you're creating is. stress, more stress. Yep. I mean, we can't please everyone. So having the ice cream because your um, your partner wants loves it and wants it. Well, maybe you do need to have, again, there's communication and saying, you know, can you please go out? Because I'm finding it far too difficult to manage having it in the house and not eating it. And it's having an effect on my health. It's not good for me. And, you know, getting rid of that stress, not worrying about them being stressed by going out. That's not stressful. They want to go out and they're doing something they want to do. And that's get the ice cream. But you don't need to have the stress of having it in the house and, you know, oh my gosh, I want some of that. I want some of that. That's stressful. Absolutely. This is why it's very rare to see just one person in a relationship who's a smoker. Ah, okay. Because, you're, you know, you're not going to, you're probably not going to quit if your spouse is still smoking. It's really hard because the cigarettes are there. You know the hiding places. You know every day at two they go out and have one. I mean, you get into that pattern. Not to say it can't be done, but if both people are smokers, I have observed either both stay smokers or both quit. I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen where one has kicked it and the other one still smokes. I, I don't know how possible it is. And maybe it is, and I just don't know of it. But, I mean, you want to have a team. You want to have people around you who are going to help you, who are, you can pass at the baton to, and they're going to hand you water at the marathon, and they're going to not have to fill the house with cookies because they like them, but they know you can't have them. Um, you have to communicate your needs. You have to communicate what you need from the people around you because if they love you, and they do, they're going to do whatever they can to help you succeed. And that's even in helping you deal with stress. You can support one another in helping each other keep the stress levels down. Oh. Yeah, wonderful. That's been um, so helpful. And I love that tip about the mini um, meditation. I think it's a great start because it can be a very difficult thing to do and really turn someone off and, again, be stressful. Well, thank you for joining me today. This has been wonderful and so informative. Thank you, Kathy. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We can't eliminate stress from our lives, but definitely we can put plans into action to help us deal with stress. Some great tips today. Keeping a stress diary. How can we handle these situations in a better way? Really supporting um, the effort of putting together a plan to deal with stress. Being mindful in our choices, in our food, and when we're going out to eat, and really being present in the moment. And try some meditation. If you're having trouble meditating, try the mini meditation, which was a great tip. One step at a time in managing our stress. And when choosing activities, let's choose something that we would like to do. Not that we feel we must do, but something that we're going to enjoy. Thanks for listening. And please email me with any questions or tips you may want, anita at anitacoach.ca, and follow me on Twitter at Anita Westlake.